Thank you for tuning into Air and Earth, the podcast that lifts you up and keeps you grounded. I'm your host, Melissa Moffat, and I'm here to share some information that I've found helpful in my own life, as well as interview people on topics ranging from self-love of body, soul, and mind, social, environmental, and animal justice, mindfulness, business, relationships, ethics, and so much more with the intention of supporting you on your healing and growth journey as you strive to love yourself, those around you, and the planet just a little more. Well, hello there and happy Monday if you're listening on a Monday. If you're not listening on a Monday, happy whatever the day of the week it is. And welcome to the show. This is episode 12 and we have Michaela Millington on the show. She's an incredible person. I'll talk about more of her in just a second. Before we dive into the show, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who is listening in. I'm so happy to do this podcast. It's so freaking fun to get to talk to these amazing people and to share their stories and to share bits of my own story. And I just love you all for listening and tuning in. If you have a second, it would mean the world if you left a review. The reviews and the ratings really help spread the show a little more. It's still a new show. It's still blooming and growing and sprouting into whatever it's going to grow into. So your reviews really help with that that growth and that evolution. Feel free to also share on your Instagram story. That also helps me get the word, word out. Tell your friends. I don't know, make a poster. Okay, don't do that. I mean, you can do it if you want, but like that might be a lot of time and also uh, art supplies. But if you want to do that, go for it. But any any way you feel inspired to share, if you're loving the show, it would I would just appreciate it so, so much. I'm going to read a review really fast. Mitten Warrior, hello, says, love, love, love. Melissa has so much wonderful wisdom to share with others. Heart emoji. I absolutely love her podcast. Each time I listen to a podcast, I feel inspired. Thank you so much, Melissa. Can't wait to see where the podcast takes you. Thank you so much. I just, I freaking love doing these shows, like I said. So leave a review and maybe I'll read it on the, the show. I have a quick announcement for you all before diving into the interview. If you are listening in from the New York City area, I'm going to be teaching a workshop there on April 6th. That's a Saturday. The workshop is from 6 to 7.30. It's called the Worthiness Workshop. You know I'm all about that worthiness. So we'll have a yoga asana practice. We'll have a really nice, long, juicy guided meditation that's all around worthiness And we'll also be doing some guided journaling and have a sharing circle. It is in Soho at the Aloe Yoga store. And if you want to sign up, there's more information on my website. I'll have a link to the website down below. So come check it out if you're in New York City. I would absolutely love to give you a big squeeze in real life. Last but not least, I want to remind you that if you haven't checked out my mindfulness resources, that I have a discount code for you to check them out if you'd like. The discount code is podcast10, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-1-0, and that will get you 10% off of either Air and Earth Guided Meditations or the Growth Guide if you haven't checked out 
any of the resources, I invite you to do so. They're great for if you are experiencing anxiety or maybe you are interested in getting into meditation and journaling, but you're not quite sure how or you're wanting uh, something new for your practice. Both of the resources are great. The guided meditation album is 12 different guided meditations that are they're short and they're easy to incorporate into a hectic life, which is, if you have a hectic life, you should be doing meditation. Um, it also comes with a meditation guide that talks about how to establish a practice, different forms of meditation, the benefits of meditation. The growth guide comes with, it's an extended package, so it comes with the guided meditation album and guide, but it also has 12 days of exercises that you can do that will expand on that topic and really put the learnings into practice. So journaling exercises, different things you can try out, different mindfulness techniques that you can use. It's resources that I have been developing in my own life and learning over the past 10 years. And yeah, check them out. Podcast 10 if you want to get 10% off. Michaela Millington is a Vancouver-based yoga teacher who is courageous, bold, strong, and happens to be one of my very best friends. This woman has been through some incredible things and come out on the other side, all while sharing her process and her story with her students and her online audience. She is seriously one of the brightest people around. She teaches annual retreats in Costa Rica, and we're also hosting a retreat together in Iceland from October 10th through October 15th. It's going to be an absolutely incredible experience filled with hiking and meditation and journaling and yoga and seeing waterfalls. And that's also the best time of the year for the Northern Lights. And it's going to be freaking amazing. So there's information in the show notes on my website. If you want to check it out, come with us. It's going to be incredible. So in this conversation, Michaela and I talk about a lot of different things, but one of the the themes of the conversation is grief. And I just really admire Michaela for her her outlook on on being open to feel and to learn things from what she has been through and to to still be going through that process, but being so compassionate with herself and deciding that because she has experienced such such trauma and loss that she is going to use the time that she has to live in this beautiful and expansive and exciting way. So this is honestly one of my favorite conversations that I've had so far on the podcast, and I really hope you love it too. So first of all, hi, Michaela. Hello. Oh, I'm so Thank excited you. to be here. I'm so excited too. Thank you so much for coming on. I've. It's funny because we've been like, since the show started, she is one of the first people I had on my list. And we've been like, like going back and forth, like one of us would be traveling or doing something. And we talk like, I mean, literally some some periods in our life, we talk like every single day, but I'm so glad we're doing this now. So thank you. 
the voice notes were getting pretty extensive. <laughs> pretty extensive. It's like, let me just send you a five-minute voice message about everything I did today. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's really yeah. great, though. Like, yeah, I'm so thankful for you. So let's get into the interview. I can't wait. to. Yeah, like... let's get right into it. So you have been a teacher for a long time in different ways. And I've experienced your teaching in person because we taught a workshop together and you just have this very powerful, authentic voice. So you teach yoga now. You also have worked with children for a long time. You were a communicative disorders assistant. So you were working with children with their speech and you you just have this like very authentic powerful voice that really really reaches people well and i was wondering if you could talk about how how you got to this place where you stepped into having this this voice and this you know like really feeling aligned as a teacher yeah um i don't know it's interesting to hear people like speak about me in that way or to say, like, I've had a couple of students say, like, um, you know, it's your cadence, it's your energy. Mm. And I think I remember being so little, being, um, yeah, like in elementary school and having um, a kid in my class who was on the spectrum of autism and always had his assistant with him. And I was just so wanting to be there all the time to not only for him I was just always wanting to help people I always wanted to be around people um I just had this drive to like hold space for people I guess is a good way to put it and yeah and so that's sort of what maybe ignited the fire of like I kept always wanting to be there for people and when it came to university I had no idea what I wanted to do my mom was the one who suggested speech therapy, um, mainly because she saw me growing up always wanting to, you know, be there for people in any way that they, they needed it. And with communication, it's a huge part of who we are that, that we sort of take advantage of, or we don't realize we take advantage of it. And there's so many people that have difficulties with their communicative abilities. And so that's sort of how I got into the speech portion of my life and doing speech therapy um I started practicing yoga in university um I was a gymnast I was a gymnast was gymnastics <laughs> I was a competitive, competitive I was gymnast. the gymnast I was the gymnastics <laughs> define gymnastics Michaela <laughs> um no I was a competitive gymnast uh I broke my arms twice and so I stepped out of gymnastics and moved into cheerleading. Um, and that didn't take long for me to, to sort of cut the tie on because I just found it way too harsh on my body. And I found like the coaches mm. not nice at all. Um, but anyway, so after that I found yoga. And so I started my practice in university. Um, I started volunteering at a studio. I actually never, yeah, I never paid for a membership because just from right from day one, I was just volunteering at studios wherever I was, mainly because I wanted to be a part of the community. Like there was mm. no, um, 
yeah, there was no part of me being like, ooh, this is free. I was just like, ooh, I want to learn more. I want to get to know these people more, you know? Yeah. It's just, I'm a people person. Um, and so, yeah, and so I really stuck with the yoga throughout my university career. Um, when I finished my school, my schooling um, and my studies, I moved out west to Calgary, Alberta, and I got my first big girl job in the speech therapy field. Um, when I got out there, again, I found another studio to volunteer at, and this studio was, it blew my mind. Like, the the teachers that they had there and the different practices that they offered, the different workshops that they offered, it was unlike anything I'd ever experienced up until that point of, like, practicing yoga. Um, you know, like, they had... They had a bit of everything. They had mantra. They had mudra. They had um, all different styles of yoga. They had sound healing workshops and events. They had community events. And I was like, oh, this is good. It really started Mm -hmm. to spark something for me. And so after working in the field of speech therapy for two years, um, I just had this, like, feeling. I remember telling my mom, like, I want to teach yoga, mom. And she was like, you have to do it. And she's like, where do you want to go? And I was like, Costa Rica. <laughs> I don't know where that, yeah. where that came from, um, but it obviously came from somewhere. Um, and, and there was a lot of fear behind that. I almost didn't go. Quite literally, I almost didn't go. Wow. My mom was the one who was like, no, you have to do this. Um, there was a bit of like your financial mom. stress. Oh, I know, mom's I the love best. Your mom. <laughs> um, there's a little bit of like financial stress behind it. I was like, oh, can I afford this? Um, can I take a month off of work? You know, like all of those those fearful thoughts. Um, and of course, mom was like, you have to do this. I'm here to support you if you if you need me. Um, just start saving now, and like we'll see what happens when the time comes. But let's sign you up. Like you got to go. Um, and sure enough, I made it happen for myself. I didn't need mom's help. I think, I think there's always those moments where we, we're a bit fearful, but if we make the first leap, like we end up getting there, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah, I ended up quitting my job and I went to Costa Rica and did my 200 hour training at Caribe Yoga Academy. Shout out to Avani. I love you. If she ever listens, to it. if she ever listens to it. <laughs> I'm going to tell her to listen to it, but, um, she, oh my God, that woman, that woman, like her program changed my life. Um, I swear every lecture, everything that came out of her mouth, every bit of wisdom and light and love, I was like constantly writing down things the first week was like my jaw dropped to the floor. And then (laughs) I got to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to soak all this up. Like, I don't need to write all this down, you know? Um, mm. And, yeah, it was a life-changing experience for me. It was just everything that she offered in her program really spoke to me. Um, it was a vinyasa-style training with a focus on alignment. So I loved that because vinyasa's such a fluid practice. It's so creative and expressive. Um, but with a focus on alignment, to me, that speaks to like safety in your bodies, in the postures, 
And mm-hmm. alignment to me also speaks to um, like strong awareness of your body and the postures, you know? So, so her training was, yeah, it was phenomenal. I actually, I am actually going to be doing some more training soon. So that's exciting. Working, t- ah! working towards my 500 hour program. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So after that, like that just like started a whole new chapter for me. I felt, I felt like I was on my path. I felt like you know, almost like a new life started for me. It's like, whoa, where is this going to take me? This is amazing. Um, oh, my gosh, my head's just going everywhere right now. Whenever I talk about teacher training, I can't <laughs> well, even. That's one thing that I really, like, respect about you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's so many yoga teachers out there right now, which is an incredible thing because there's a lot of people who really need yoga and really need that mind-body connection, the self-awareness, meditation. And I really feel like you are someone who your love and respect of the practice really shows because you are always, always, always like educating yourself on it. And Mm -hmm. you, for someone who relatively like hasn't been teaching that long you have taught so many freaking classes (laughs) and you you know so much (laughs) about a wide variety of you know different parts of the practice Mm -hmm. it's it's honestly incredible like your knowledge base already and I just can't wait to see I mean you've you've assisted in teacher trainings already and I just can't wait to see where you are in like the next 10 years with your teaching it's uh. it's honestly incredible and you you know you know you know about alignment the physical side of it how to like not hurt your body mm-hmm. all of those things but you also know you have this like deep set wisdom that i just really love about you this like beautiful heart mm-hmm. and that's just one thing that i really really love about you oh thanks mel that's so sweet. Oh, you're so, you're so welcome. So you just talked about, you know, you mentioned kind of like moving back and forth a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you talked about courage. And another thing I admire about you is you, when you feel like there's something that you need to do, you do it. Mm-hmm. Like you have moved a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so you live in Canada. You we're living close to Toronto and then you moved. Mm, yeah. Oh, okay. And then, yeah. And then you moved to Vancouver, which is like on the other side. Well, you moved to Calgary, right? Yeah. So Ontario. And then. To Alberta. Okay. Um, teacher training in Costa Rica. So Alberta to Costa Rica. I mean, I was there for a month, but still I quit my job in Alberta. Um, got back from teacher training, actually moved to Vancouver for two months yes and um maybe we'll wrap this around at some point but the fact that I was here a year ago it's very interesting to look back on because when I was here a year ago I hated the city I didn't nothing felt um nothing felt like it was lining up like nothing was clicking for me I felt like all the doors were closing Um, I felt like there was a lot of force, a lot of hustle. There wasn't a lot of flow Mm. Um, and just a lot of signs, a lot of things pushing me out of the city. And I think that's why I didn't like the city because there was a reason I wasn't supposed to 
be in Vancouver a year ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so then moved back to Ontario yes. and was back home for 10 months. Yeah. And now I'm back here in Vancouver. Yeah. And it feels yeah. right. Yeah. And a lot happened when so, I went back home. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to get into it? <laughs> we'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. If you yeah. Know. I you think know. that'd be helpful for people. But, um, but what was it like moving around for you? Like, how did you follow that, that gut to move all the way across the country multiple times? Yeah. I think the first one, like anything huge, like the first move was the scariest. Um, I essentially moved, yeah, like from Ontario to Alberta, it was a four, four and a half day drive. And we're talking like 15 hour day drives. Um, Mm. and I moved away from my uh, partner at the time. And so there was a lot of fear in doing long distance with him at that time, but I just had this drive to do something different and to experience a different place. And quite honestly, the mountains were like, (laughs) they were calling me. I was like, to be able to live an hour outside of the Rocky Mountains. Like, are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? So um, I was like, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to move there. And I don't have to live there forever. And I think that's like anything. If you're like, I'm going to do this, it doesn't mean I'm stuck in it, you know? Um, but like, why not, why not give it a try? Why not see what opens up for me while I'm there? And, uh, it's funny because my contract was only six months in Calgary and I extended it to two years. So it's very interesting when you do make a big move, you know, maybe, maybe you end up staying longer or maybe you turn right back around, (laughs) but, um, Mm. it was all about just seeing, seeing how it went and seeing constantly checking in with myself and I think that's a practice that I've worked at for a while um, that constant like self-reflection and checking in with what I needed for myself like this was a big move for myself Um, and that was that was mainly all that it was right it didn't have to do with anybody else this was something I was doing for myself and this was part of a chapter in my life um, yeah, and I was, I'm so thankful for it. I'm so grateful for it. My time there was amazing. Uh, and mm-hmm. I had two amazing, amazing friends, um, there with me at the time. So that made all the adventures, you know, that much more exciting and fun to be able to experience a brand new province, um, with two friends that I knew from Ontario, from back home. It was really nice. Aww, yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that, like, the way you kind of approach things is that some things that might be scary, you have this ability to turn it into an adventure. Mm-hmm. Like you literally just said that. <laughs> you you can just kind of like twist it and be like, okay, this is fun. This is like mm-hmm. exciting. And what would you say to someone who is wanting to go through a transition like, like changing, you've changed careers, mm-hmm. like you've, you've moved all around, you've pursued these things that m- might be hard, you've come up against so many things in your life, but you, you somehow twist them and you, you find joy and adventure in mm-hmm. everything in your life. And <laughs> how, how do you do that? How do you do that? 
oh, well, it didn't happen just out of nowhere. <laughs> and I don't know. I've never had. You're good. You're good with these questions, by the way. I've never had. I've never had anyone ask me this. I think I've spoke about it, like randomly, maybe shared a couple sentences on a caption via Instagram or something. But um, the first thing that comes to mind is, I'm so curious. <laughs> I'm just so like so goddamn curious about life, and. And I think I'm also just really inspired by other people too. You know, I'm like, oh, they can do this or they can move there. Like I can too. Um, Not to say everywhere I've been has been because someone else has been there, you know. Um, But yeah, I think that curiosity really drives me. Um, Thinking like, okay, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. What else can I do? Right? Like constantly... Um, yeah, just, just wanting to like learn more about myself. And I think the only way to do that is to step into those fears because fear translates into growth and growth translates into transformation. And then you're just constantly evolving and it's cool. It's like, I am hundred and thousand percent, not the same person I was a year ago. I'm not the same person I was six months ago. Um, and mm-hmm. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really exciting. It almost becomes addictive. Mm. Right? Like, okay, like, oh, this is scaring me. Okay, but why is it scaring me? Oh, maybe because it's a challenge. Ooh, but what if I face that challenge? You know, then, oh, what's going to be on the other side of it? <laughs> That's literally a process in my mind um, that I've been practicing for some time and I don't know it must have started I think it honestly probably started when I took the job in Calgary Alberta because that was a huge move for me um or maybe it kind of started I'm just thinking right now thoughts keep popping up I did a an awesome trip to Southeast Asia Thailand and Indonesia with one of my best friends um oh my gosh it's probably like three and a half years ago by now yeah but that was a big thing for me to be traveling for a month, um, you know, across the world. And yeah, traveling is so good. So good for yeah. us. So good for our growth. So good to see the world and connect with others. It's a huge dose of inspiration for me. Yeah, but it yeah. really plants the if, seed, huh? I feel like I just like went in all these different directions. But <laughs> basically, the curiosity drives me and yeah just wanting to like be inspired by other people communities all of that stuff yeah yeah so I definitely so I've been your friend now for we've been very very close for I'd say like a year and a half maybe close to two years and I've seen you grow so much, so much, Likewise. honestly. And like, back at you. Uh, and I know that like with that growth comes, a, you have to create space for it, right? Mm-hmm. And to create space for it, you have to let go of a lot of stuff. So you've let go of places, you've let go, I mean, like, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of things that, that have, I've seen come and go for you. And that's we both know that that's part of that's just part of 
life and that's part of growth. So what has that side of the process been like for you? So you talked about like the growth and how it's exciting and stuff, but what's, what's Mm -hmm. kind of on the other side of that for you? Mm. In terms of like, if there's a bit of darkness or like self doubt. Yeah. 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 There's definitely moments of self doubt, definitely moments of, um, of judgment towards myself, you know, questioning, um, ah, it's a good one. Let me just think here for a moment. Hmm. Yeah, I think. Like, how do you create that space for the growth? Because I've seen you grow so much, you know, like, it's really incredible to see. How? Yeah, I think, like, creating the space for more growth to come in means letting go in a sense, like you said, right? And Mm -hmm. I think in order to let go of something, you have to let it run its course and you have to feel your way through it. Um, Otherwise, it's just going to be shoved down. It's just going to be buried down and it's going to resurface at any point in time, right? So any sort of like, challenge or obstacle that I have faced instead of running away from it or again shoving it down or being like oh I don't need to deal with this right now I try to I try to face it I try to sit with it um I do a lot of journaling it's been an amazing amazing prompt for me to help um release and let go of anything that's heavy or any thoughts that Feel, like that I feel are weighing me down um I have a lot of practices that help me to like shift that energy but again not in a way of avoiding it or not in a way of like oh I'm gonna do you know like oh I'm gonna hop on my mat and move because I don't want to think about whatever no instead I'm like I'm gonna hop on my mat and move as I process these thoughts and I'm gonna sit and do a breathing practice some pranayama and focus on you know, why this is feeling heavy, um, or I'm going to meditate on it, or I'm going to, like, dance it out and let it go and, like, shake it off my body. Um, Yeah, I think, Mm. I think letting it run its course and also, like, letting go of expectation of myself. I used to always set a lot of expectations for myself, um, I used to always, you know, be like, oh, I need to, you know, this needs to be finished in order for this to take place. And if this isn't done by this time, then this won't happen. You know, certain things like that. And I think that can, that can speak to the same thing as like, you know, what if I still had that mindset of, um, oh, as soon as I let go of this, then this can happen. Like, no, you need to just like let it happen work through those thoughts and then see see when that space starts to open up in the mind if that mm. makes sense it does, yeah. it does yeah. <laughs> I know you're just like <laughs> looking at me right now with those eyes I'm like is she zoned out or is she like totally clicked in right now (laughs) totally clicked in that is the answer it's funny because for everyone listening like we 
honestly have been trying to do this, this, like, interview for so long now. <laughs> and for anyone who knows me knows that, like, I go to bed super <laughs> early and, like, get up super early. And it, it's almost 10 now. And we were, like, and so Michaela's on the Pacific so she's three hours behind me and we were like we're doing this so I'm in my pajamas and I have a blanket wrapped around me and I've got like my coffee and it's dinner time (laughs) it's so great whatever it takes to get these these good interviews I just I love them so much and I love you so much I love you I'm so excited for people to hear this I hope it resonates Mm -hmm. I hope it resonates for sure it will it will you have such beautiful wisdom honestly thanks much um, so yeah I think that did that like capture everything from that question yes I think yes yeah mm-hmm. right that whole idea of not avoiding it and using your tools that work for you to, to if anything if anything your tools help you like dive deeper into it you know just to really mm-hmm. sit with whatever that heaviness is whatever that uncomfortableness is that's been weighing you down the only way to let it go, the only way to make more space is to is to get to know it, to befriend it, befriend your uncomfortableness. Yeah? Mm, yeah. That's how I see it. Yeah. That's totally like, hello, true. friend. I don't like you very much right now, but we're going to be friends. <laughs> and then it gets and easier. Then I'm going to let you drift away. <laughs> yeah. And then once you get familiar with that process, it's mm-hmm. like the next time – when things start to come up, you're like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm familiar with mm-hmm. this. I know how this works. Yeah. And it gets easier to approach versus it being like, oh, my God, what is happening? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, totally. So you kind of alluded to this earlier that when you moved back home from Vancouver the first time, mm-hmm. you, you felt kind of a pull to move away from Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And then some stuff came up Mm -hmm. and you went through a really, really hard time. And I, I was your friend during that time and I saw you and just the way you so gracefully handled everything, not handled everything, but like allowed yourself to feel it was really incredible. And I I wanted to have you on the show and I, I wanted to have you speak on this because a while ago I did a poll mm-hmm. and um, I asked people what they were going through mm-hmm. and I had so many people say losing a loved one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, yeah, I asked the poll because I... I wanted to brainstorm ways that I could, you know, people I could have on who could speak to the subjects or ways that I could talk about the subjects or whatever. But when I I saw that, honestly, that was one of the most said things that people had lost parents or lost a brother or sister. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if you could talk about that and share about your process of moving through grief. And Mm -hmm. I think it could really, you know help a lot of people of course and you know um deep breath um I talk about it 
I never plan to talk about it. I'm always open to talking about it. It's it's come up in random conversations with people who I've met maybe like even just twice, which is which is interesting. But I I do feel like people need to talk about grief more. Mm-hmm. Um it's a it's a very powerful heaviness that can manifest into not only a lot of mental struggles, but like your physical body can hold on to it too. And it can just get really, really challenging and suffocating if you don't talk about it and process it and give yourself the time you need to process it. Um, Grief has no timeline. Um, And I honestly, I don't, I, I have my days, yeah, where I am still grieving. I think I will always be grieving um, in a way. So let's go back to when I was first in Vancouver. Um, yeah, I had this, like, constant pull to, to go back home to Ontario. Um, none of my job opportunities in Vancouver were working out very well. It didn't feel right. Um, just wasn't vibing with the place and I just kept having this feeling of like I need to be back home I need to be with my family um so I followed that I followed that feeling it's how strong it was before I actually made the decision to move back I was like stuck in bed for a solid week just just crying it was very dark space for me I Mm -hmm. haven't felt that oh I haven't felt that in a long time and so for me, I was like, something is not right right now. Something is not clicking. I need to need to go home. I need to be with my family. And so I moved all the way back across the country to Ontario. And three weeks later, I lost my stepdad um, instantly. He had a brain aneurysm. And yeah, it was... It was nothing that anyone could have predicted. Um, it it was that kind of loss where it's sudden and unexpected, and it's like the absolute last thing. I never even had that thought. What if I lost Gord? You know, my stepdad Gord. What if I lost him? Mm-hmm. I never even had thoughts of that. Um. And to be the one who found him was um, yeah, it created a massive shift within um, yeah, it's taking me back, and it's okay that it's okay for me to travel back into that time of being there and finding him um, I don't know what. So, you know, something takes over in that situation. And for me, it was, it's a very, it was a very much out-of-body experience. Um, and again, I don't mind sharing, you know, some details. And there's, there's a lot of stuff I won't share just out of respect of my family. Mm. Um, but mm. because it was a situation that I was in and it was just me and him you know, me, me finding him. 
I feel like okay to to share this with everybody, but um, you know, having to perform CPR on on somebody that you love so much, and having that fear and confusion of what's going on, what's happening right now, you know. Um, I don't. I actually don't know how to describe it really. Um, it's almost like this instinct of just wanting to save somebody kicks in, you know? And so, yeah. And so, um, one thing led to another and we were at the first hospital and then we were at the next hospital. And, um, I do still have a lot of details in my mind. There are moments that are definitely very blurry and very hazy. Um, but ultimately, uh, Gord ended up on life support because, um, because I got his heart beating again by performing CPR. And because, because we got his heart pumping again, because I, I guess because I got his heart pumping again, um, he was able to, uh, donate some organs to others and to support others, and that's something that he totally would have wanted. Um, and I think, I truly, truly feel like he was there with me um, while I was trying my best to be there for him. And, um, but the, the, the brain aneurysm was so disruptive that it, it, there was no way of fixing anything. Um, and I think even though, you know, what makes this such a challenge is, um, I lost my biological dad when I was, when I was 21, um, but totally different, totally different situation. My biological dad was an alcoholic, and so that was sort of like a decline. Whereas this was so sudden, um, and to lose both father figures, you know, I think I let it, I, I decided to let it break me because it did. Um, and there's no fighting that, that feeling of feeling broken um, feeling like, how can life be fair after this? You know, uh, those questions like, why me? Why us? Why my mom? You know, how could this happen to my mom? Such a beautiful person. Um, but, but I knew that I needed to feel it. And that's what it was while I was home for 10 months, was healing and feeling everything, my mom with my family. Um, and eventually it turned into almost like this. Uh, how do I describe it? Eventually it turned into this feeling of like, inspiration 
in a way. Um, it leaked into this mindset of like, life is so precious <clears throat> and so short that like, I don't give a fuck about what anyone cares mm-hmm. anymore. I mean, I do, like, I do, but I don't care what people think about me. I don't care what people think about my choices, my decisions, what I want for myself. And a huge part of my soul was, was like, I want to live my life to the absolute fullest. And I want to take Gord and my dad with me on this ride, you know? Like, I want them to experience this full life with so much energy and love and joy and excitement and adventure um, because their their life was taken too early, you know? Um, but before that thinking, and that's very much where I'm at right now, it took a long time to get there. Um, I went through a lot of therapy for, um, for my PTSD, um, because that manifested after, after finding, uh, my stepdad, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so working through that was a, was probably one of the most challenging things I've done in my life yet, having that fear like post-traumatic stress disorder is, and like any mental illness or any sort of mental disorder, I don't even want to call it a disorder, any sort of mental blockage, maybe I would call it, right? Because eventually you can work through that blockage and and, and the light can leak back in. But um, man, like you don't understand unless you've dealt with it. Anybody suffering yeah. from depression, anxiety, PTSD, whatever it is, like, it's really hard to understand unless you have worked through it yourself. Um, and I had always, like, been very familiar with PTSD, but my God, that fear of, like, waking up every day, hearing the same noises I heard before I found him, or, like, and I don't want this to scare people, but I would have visualizations every day of people in front of me dying, of mm-hmm. literally seeing my mom in front of me drop dead, or literally visualizing or having these thoughts, like waking up with anxiety, waking up with um, this urge to, I literally would have to run upstairs to check on everyone. And then I would try and go back to sleep. And then I would have to run upstairs again. And then I would go back to sleep. Or I'd hear someone in the shower. And I would be checking the clock every minute to see how long they were in there. I'd have to knock on the door and ask them, like, if they're okay. Um, People not calling me back Mm -hmm. would send me into a panic attack. Um, The dreams would wake me up. I would be vibrating in my bed, shaking in my bed because of the the vivid dreams and it's just it was all that fear of like if I could lose someone that quickly that instantly somebody who I love so much like what if it happened to other people what if it's going to happen to someone else too you know and so working through that was one of the biggest challenges and I still have moments where I'm working through it but I I now have my tools and they work really well 
and I am so grateful for my therapist um, providing me with those mm. tools, holding space for me, um, and for my family, you know, always holding space for me, even though what I needed to talk about was scary and no one else was there. So for them, it's, you know, it's even just a scary story to hear whenever I need to talk about it again. Um, but one of yeah. my, and I, I will share this because it might be a tool for other people in other ways. Um, I think it can re relate to maybe some anxiety attacks as well, is one of the powerful tools that I was provided was um, when I would either have a flashback or have a very strong, fearful thought that would send me into a thought pattern of losing someone else. Um, I would write, and I would write out the scenario. Um, I would write out the scenario for what it was, and then I would write out what I was doing right now in the present, you know? So I, would, I wouldn't um, shove aside where my mind was going. I would acknowledge it. I would walk myself through it. Um, like, yes, this happened. Yes, I did this. Yes, he was there with me. Um, you know, no, this didn't happen to my mom. No, maybe it won't happen to her. She's right here right now. This is what she's doing. This is what I'm doing. Um, so I guess ultimately finding a way to connect to the present after walking yourself through whatever it is is sending you into a spiral. Um, that helped me a lot. And for me, it was writing because when I'm writing, I'm reading what I'm writing. So I'm just with my thoughts and there's no other distraction. Um, and, then, and then also just talking out loud about it wherever and whenever and allowing myself to cry wherever and whenever. Um, there, that took a lot for me to be comfortable with, you know, having some breakdowns in a public place. But mm. why can't we all do that more, you know? It's, it's yeah. so normal. It's like, why do we need to pretend like it doesn't happen every day when it does? Mm-hmm. Um, I know. You know, and, like, we're all truly innately compassionate beings and all we want to do is hold space for one another like if you're on the street and you see someone across the street crying if that doesn't speak to your heart I don't know maybe you're a robot but <laughs> I think innately everyone has that instinct of like wanting to be there for that person and then there's almost that uncomfortableness or that fear of like oh I don't know what they're going through, I don't know who this person is, blah, blah, blah. but anyways, you get what I'm saying, I think. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think it took a lot of I... practice for me to get stronger through feeling what I was feeling, when I was feeling it. Um, yeah, and I just reminded myself every day, just like my mom did, that 
We had no control over what happened. We can't live in the past. Um, and day by day, literally that was like our mantra. Take it day by day. Um, and there's no timeline. There's absolutely no timeline for grieving. Mm. And so that's, that's, I guess I can maybe sum that up there. I don't know, wh- were there any specifics that you caught on to as I was sharing all that stuff? <laughs> no, but I just want to say that I think it's really powerful to share that story because it's not something that we talk about a lot, our mm-hmm. grief, you know? Like, it seems like it happens Mm -hmm. and then a week later no one's talking about it you know like everyone's talking to you kind of like I I have limited experience with grief personally um Mm -hmm. but it's like you're still heavy and it's all you can think about. This is from my experience with losing my, like a dog of mine who was very, very close that I loved. But, you know, you're, you're still heavy and it's all you're thinking about. And you're like, how is everybody going on about their day? Like nothing's going yeah. on, <laughs> you know? And like people are like, like, hi, how are you? And you just, all you want to say is like, I feel horrible and I don't know if I'll ever be happy mm-hmm. again. And and it's like you you feel like you just kind of have to function and and honestly if we were able to just open up to each other a little more mm-hmm. then maybe it would make it a little easier to to process because we could be there for each mm-hmm. other you know walking each other through it mm-hmm. and i think it's really it's really powerful for you to share that story especially with you know there's so many people out there as well who have PTSD and just feel alone. Yeah. But they're not. Yeah, exactly. We you forget know? that it's happening every day. People, it's part of, it's life. It's the cycle mm-hmm. of life. And unfortunately, there's a lot of it that's unpredictable. And I think like when I said before about this like inspiration or this drive to just like live so fully comes Mm. from, comes from witnessing to people in my life have, have a shorter life, you know, like, Yeah. yeah, like, and I don't know if, if it takes a traumatic experience to come to that conclusion. Um, or maybe, I think it, in general, maybe to have that mindset, there needs to be like some sort of shift. Um, and it doesn't have to be a loss. But, but I don't remember feeling like this, you know, a few years ago. Or even like when I lost my first my biological dad, um, yeah, it brought up this same sort of feeling 
Um, but I was, I was younger. I was still learning so much about myself. Um, yeah, and I don't want it to say, like, uh, I don't want it to sound like, you know, one loss outweighs the other. It's just totally with the timing and how the chapters of my life have unfolded. But losing my stepdad so suddenly definitely was, like, this sort of wake-up call of, like, okay, Michaela, like, yeah, life really is very short, and it's very precious, and you have no idea what's going to happen in, like, 30 seconds from now, a minute from now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you might have your game plan for tomorrow, but anything can change at any point in time. And so with that, it was just, like, why am I – why am I stressing about anything really, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. or like, why does life have to get so complicated when it's so much more beautiful, when it's simple and when you can enjoy the moments as they, as they roll in, that's what fills us yeah. up, you know, and that's what, that's what we're here for. And if, if we're constantly filling ourselves up with, those sweet present moments, then my thought is maybe we can be this sort of light that like leaks into the people we, we come across and the people we meet. And then maybe they can start to recognize that light and then they can shine it onto other people. And it's like this whole idea of a ripple effect of, of happiness and joy of living in the moment while you have it. And yeah, that's just my hope for, for teaching yoga both on and off the mat is to, to teach people how to truly connect to the present so that they can create a life that they love and that they feel inspired by. Um, yeah. And maybe... Yeah. And I've really seen you, like, you really have stepped into that place of being like, Life is not promise. Life is precious. I see you, like, soaking it up and stepping into that power. I mean, you're, you're so joyful and shining that light everywhere you go. I mean, you, like, are so cute. You're, like, dancing on your Instagram story and going, like, <laughs> skiing on the weekend. And you're so close to your mom and your relationship with her is so beautiful mm -hmm. and the way you are with your friends and you're just your adventurous heart and you're able to really like connect with people mm -hmm. and that's just been incredible to yeah. watch Thanks, Mark. all of that unfolding it feels good it feels really good and like coming going back to the the grieving and the loss and everything it's interesting because um like I said it's there's no timeline for it and maybe some people from their own opinion would say that I've like healed quickly or they would say the same thing about my mom. But again, there's no timeline. And it's also that whole idea of perspective of the situation. Yeah. It just clicks one day, you know, things start to fall into place and not to say I'll never have some heavy days. I don't even call them bad days anymore. You know, it's just moments of like, okay, yep, there's that heaviness, 
there's a flashback. Let me sit with it for a second because it popped up and I know from experience that if I try to avoid this right now, it's going to pop up again. So I'm going to sit with it right now and I'm actually going to like talk out loud to you, Gord, <laughs> like to my stepdad, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so healing to do that for me. For me, it is. And I think it is for anyone else too. My mom and I like being together through that healing process. These are like tools and practices that we did together. And so it's very cool to know that like she's doing those back home too whenever she has moments and sharing them with my family and you know them them practicing it as well um but yeah it's more than anything now I'm at a point where um memories make me happy and anytime my dad or my stepdad pops up in my mind I have like an internal conversation with them because I am a true believer in their spirit and their soul being with us. Like there's a whole other realm out there. We have no idea. We have no idea (laughs) where the soul goes, but you know, I believe it's, it's somewhere in a different realm. You know, it can't just something so precious can't just vanish Mm -hmm. like that. Um, we're so much more than our physical bodies. Um, and Yeah, and having those conversations out loud or, like, closing my eyes and having it in my head, um, it's a game changer for me, and it's really nice. And and somehow the universe, like, seems to give me that good energy back, and I I think it's them. I think it's their souls being like, you know, here you go, here's a, here's some energy, almost like a hug. (laughs) <laughs> from me because yeah you're making the time mm-hmm. to, to talk to me right now um I I'm always into like learning about astrology and numerology and all of that stuff and um you know I don't know all the details I'm not like a like a master of it or anything but I am a believer in the uh, the whole like one 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 or like you know four ones in a row three ones in a row is a symbol of like angels or the universe and angels supporting you and reminding you that you're on the right path and I'm not kidding you Mel like the entire road trip across (laughs) Canada when I moved back to Vancouver when I finally felt ready to leave my mom and to leave Ontario and I was like no I want to give Vancouver another try and by the way I am absolutely loving it here this is definitely the time that I'm meant to be here um, it, it just feels so, so fucking good. I feel very, very aligned yeah. and inspired here. Um, and I feel very supported by, by my spirit guides. Um, but on the move out here, the amount of like Gord and Gordons that we passed in terms of like street signs or auto shops what? or like corner stores, there must have been over 10. Like, I'm not kidding you. No. And every time it was either my mom seeing it or me seeing it. And, like, these are signs that we're driving for hours a day. That's something you could easily, you know, miss. And we just kept seeing them pop up and pop up. And every time we would have a conversation or we would share a funny story um, or anything like that, oh. you know. And then with the number thing, the whole, like, 111 or 1111, 
I, I don't know how many screenshots I have on my phone of, you know, picking up my phone and seeing 1111 or picking up my phone and seeing like 111 um, ever since I finally settled into Vancouver. So like six months ago now. I see that I see it probably twice a day um, and I'm not looking mm. for it ever. And my apartment yeah. is 2111 West 11th Ave. <laughs> and oh. the Halloween store that's beside my apartment recently turned into Gordon's Auto Shop. <laughs> no! Oh it's my just gosh! Like all these little Ugh. pings from the universe, you know? If you're open to receiving, I really feel like there's these little subtle ways that the universe and these like spirits and energies are like, wanting to give you some comfort wanting to put a smile on your face you know and if we're too blocked off with thoughts of the past or racing ahead of ourselves getting anxiety thinking about the future then how are we supposed to connect with what's popping up right in front of us you know Mm. and so um Mm. I think a lot of my experiences is very much something I share through my teaching and think that's maybe why um, I love it so much is because everything I say and everything I share during classes um, are ways to connect to the practice both on and off the mat it's huge for me to share that it's so much more than a physical practice than an I don't even want to call it an exercise you know Um, Mm -hmm. but I definitely feel like um like I'm following my my dharma, my divine path, you know? I feel like I've really stepped into yeah. it and I and it's a very exciting time for me and I know that I have all of the support mm. from both of my dads. Um I really do feel it, which is yeah, like it's got my heart beating really fast right now, which is really nice. <laughs> uh, so I'm so happy for you and I I see it too. I definitely I see yeah. that that all happening for you well I just have one more question and it's something I ask everyone it's just a simple little question so this is the air and earth podcast lifting you up and keeping you grounded so what's something recently that has been making you feel lifted and what is something that has been keeping you feeling grounded it might be the same thing it might be different things but what is it for you? For, okay. Um, oh, it's been making me feel lifted. I think all this mm-hmm. retreat stuff. Yeah, like mm. doing my first retreat in Costa Rica um, in February, like woke up something for me. I was like, ooh, I need to do this more often. And then I like yeah. put it out into the universe. And now like you and I are hosting one in Iceland. Everybody come, come, We're come, come. Um, and I'm already planning. <laughs> woo! Um, and I'm already planning the next two in Costa Rica, you know. So I'm definitely like uh, feeling yeah, very so lifted exciting. and inspired and excited by all of these huge projects. Um, and what keeps me grounded Oh, that's a good one. So many things that have been keeping me grounded lately. My practices, my own practices of movement, meditation, and journaling, and creating. Mm. Um, mm. I'm going to be giving you so many different answers. Getting outside <laughs> getting outside is huge for me. It's a huge way that I 
feel grounded and realigned is when I can be outside in nature. And for anyone who follows me on Instagram, I think they would definitely be like nodding their heads right now. Like, yep, yep this girl likes to get outside Mountains for sure. Everywhere. And, yep. um, yeah. And, and okay. One more, one more answer. There's like, it's like a three part answer, but, um, <laughs> making the time to, to, uh, connect with my family because I have my brother here in Vancouver, but everyone else is in Ontario. So, um, mm-hmm. that's huge for me because my family is, we're, we're very, very close. And so, keeping that connection keeps me grounded and that's my answer <laughs> yeah good question oh well thank you well I honestly could ask you like 40 more questions so you'll just have to come back on. I know I feel like I, I just spoke so much about the grief but I think that I think it's good I think I think it's good that we spoke about that in depth yeah it is good it is good it is. but yeah, and we have, there's plenty more shows yeah. to, to make in the future, you know. But I just want to thank you for coming on. And to everyone listening, I will have all of Michaela's information in the show notes below, how you can find her, her website, her Instagram. There's also going to be information below about how you can learn more about the retreat, which is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Come join yes. us. We... We have a lot of fun together. Clearly. <laughs> we love each other very much, and we want to love you too. So mm-hmm. come along. We will hike, and we will look at waterfalls, and we will <laughs> do all of the beautiful things to take care we'll of Meditate. We'll practice. We'll have dance parties. Dance mm-hmm. parties. <laughs> Lots of dance parties. I'm like, yeah. gosh, it's going to yeah. be so fun. So come join us. All that information is below. And thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Mel.